Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Pals Podcast. This week, we had our good pal Vishal Gupta on the show, also known as Dr. Vishal, Dr. V, Dr. Gupta, all-around great guy. We discussed the study of medicine, specifically oncology, gynecology. We also touched upon sports, career changes, and moving to Montreal. Shout out our first sponsor, Storyteller, for the awesome beer. You can find it at the LCBO in the beer store. I'd also like to give a shout out to my cousin, Georgia. Uh, she is working with the Sick Kids for the Love of Kids Gala, hosted on Saturday, February 15th. Uh, open bar, dinner, silent auction. It's a great event in support of Sick Kids. Uh, it's being hosted at the Universal Event Center. I will put the description in our bio. Buy tickets, attend. It's a great cause. All right, LFG. Let's go. We got, a, we got a new pal on the show. Yep. Episode five. I think it's everyone in Toronto's favorite doctor. Welcome, <laughs> V. Vishal. Welcome to the Dr. Pals Gupta. podcast. Uh, thanks for having me, pals. So I've been excited for this for a while now, waiting for the call up to the big leagues. Pleasure to have you, man. Pleasure to have you. Long time listener. You were an early, uh, early thought. You were an early guest that we had on our list that we wanted to have on. Figured you had some good stories to show mm -hmm. from your... Uh, no You're pressure, I guess. No pressure. No, no pressure. She's having a good time. Silly goose time right now. Yeah, let's get right into it. Like, V, you are probably one of the coolest doctors we know. I think that's fair to say. I know one doctor, so <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, Vishal, we got Hammer, Pirello. <laughs> Strazar, so. Wow, so you're saying the other guys are not cool? <laughs> no, whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm not you taking guys, like hey, Boys, there, I will gladly host you on this podcast. <laughs> Don't listen to Ricky. You're all, you're all equally cool. But uh, yeah, V, glad to have you. We know you've uh, got a fun specialization. So yeah, it's always a pleasure to be around you, boys. My pals, I guess. That's yeah. the word we're using here today. The pals. You got to plug the pals always. As much as we always. can. Oh, speaking about you plugs. You know what? Oh, I was going to say something else, but you hit the plug first, then I'll, then I'll drop my well, point. Speaking about the plug, shout out Storyteller. Uh, they hit us up with some free beers. First official, I guess, sponsor of the episode. First sponsor. First sponsor. So we've made it. We're in the big leagues. They, uh, they heard we had Ciroc, the book. Ciroc, <laughs> kind of one, hit us up, you know? Yo, bro, we're not about those booze. We need some like Nike. Nike hit us up. <laughs> but they heard we had the dock on. They're like, you know, this guy's a big guest, gonna bring big views. So we had to get, you know, hit the boys up with some beer. So yeah, shout out storyteller. Nice bottles. Haven't drank it. Personally, not a big beer guy. I will later indulge a little bit. We're gonna crack a couple open. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. You know what? I had an idea. We should start this episode. I thought about this. When we bring on a pal, we should find out where our pals stand with their resolutions or their goals or if they've set any for the year and how they how, how on how on track they are. So, Dr. V, first of all, did you set any resolutions this year? And if you did, give us one, like your most important one or one that you like are will be super proud that if you accomplish it. I'm actually glad you brought that up because <laughs> I have, a, I have a quite a different take on New Year's resolutions Ooh. than the average person, I'd say. Is it a medical and take? Like, no, 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 no. Just my okay. own personal opinion. Okay, on okay. It. Let's hear it. Um, I'm actually not huge, and I actually 
dislike when people say, what are your New Year's resolutions? Wow, okay. Uh, I am more of a mindset that I think if I woke up on a February afternoon or a March evening and had a thought pop in the head where I want to become a better person or had goals in mind, I shouldn't have to wait to New Year's to make a resolution. I think every day of your life, you should be trying to make yourself better. Yeah. Um, you shouldn't be setting limitations or um, I guess limitations is the yeah. best word on what you want to accomplish for the year. I think every day, every month, you should reflect on your uh, on how your life is going and any changes you want to make as opposed to having a day where you should make it. Yeah. Mind you, I guess that really is saying that I'm more into like small resolutions throughout the year as opposed to having New Year's resolutions. Keeping yourself on track. Yeah. Yeah. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, what are some of your recent ones then? Uh, actually one of my, uh, more recent ones is just like, it's actually one George had recently too, is uh, oh. about being more present and, um, not being distracted by material things and other issues that my aren't, man. that, that don't matter as much in life at the grand scheme of things. Um, and it's often when something happens in life is when you start thinking about this yeah. and when things change, not to say anything big's happened to me recently, but I think it's, uh, I'd say I set that probably around the summertime near the end of summer um and as george knows like uh, i'm big into travel myself and yeah. that's actually where i first got that thought where like i used to travel alone and i'd be on my phone on instagram yeah, yeah. i'm like why am i taking out my phone if i'm sitting on a beach <laughs> in portugal or something? yeah like i should be experiencing culture living in the moment yeah. yeah living in the moment so i've done a very good job of that i feel like I can I can not to cut you off I can attest to that because when we when we were traveling, uh, when we met up we met in Copenhagen right we started yeah, Copenhagen yeah. when we got to, by the time we got to Prague I was on my phone a lot like I was trying to do it for the gram I was like vacation tours <laughs> Michelle's like what are you doing he's like let's just hang out he's like, and then you know what from then on I remember we'd go out at night like during the days I wouldn't take my phone out snap a couple of pics but. F- that was 2018, May 2018. Yeah, it was. And I still remember you told me because you're like, George, get off your phone, man. Let's hang out. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And actually, that's one of the reasons. Sorry to continue your thought. But yeah, it kind of got me in that mindset. And, you know, it's like we're all guilty of like backtracking every now and then. I feel like there's every there's like a couple times throughout the month where I'll go on my phone more accessibly than others. And I regret it at the yeah. end of the day. It's like you should live for yourself and for the people that matter, 100%. not for social media. What we were saying about this, that restaurant, Sarah, in Toronto, that they have a little cubby at the yeah. table. For yeah. you to put your phones in. Yeah. Yeah. We were just talking about that the other day, actually, Ricky. Yeah. Were we? Yeah, at the Raptor game. Yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. man. Exactly. So even when we went for brunch the other day, we had a nice little uh, boozy well, brunch. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> you had the invite. Oh, was that last Sunday? <laughs> yeah, last Oh, Sunday. no, I wasn't coming to that. I declined <laughs> that, that invite. guy gets mad that we don't invite him to me while he didn't come. But yeah, we sat there. At one point, our whole table, we were on our phones kind of figuring yeah. out what's the next step. And me and V just looked at each other. Let's put our phone down. Like, we've got a table of like eight people here. Yeah. What do we need yeah, to leave for? Yeah. And then we decided to stick around and we uh, ended up having a nice little shaker at Parlor. Yeah, I so. had a little bit of FOMO. But you know, embrace, <laughs> this year, goal, embrace, embrace the, the FOMO. FOMO. <laughs> but you know what? I'll, I'll jump back to your point, V. Like, so personally, I think I agree. I agree a lot with your mindset about you. It shouldn't be a date where you set resolutions. And typically, like, because everyone has that mindset, it's a new year, turn a new leaf. Most people fail, but because such an overwhelming majority set their goals that day, right? But I do agree. A lot of stuff that in the past where I'm like, you know what? I want to run a race this year or whatever I've done or travel or all this stuff. Typically, I don't I, – even this year, my goals, I didn't set at New Year's. I think I said it in December before we went, we were down south or whatever. But, like, I, I kind of wanted to align with New Year's. But I do agree. Like, setting incremental goals or if you have a thought that you're like, you know what? 
I don't want to eat sugar anymore this year. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change that now. You don't have to wait till January 1st. Or if you're like a smoker, you want to quit smoking. Like, there's no better day to do it than today. Yeah, you can't, don't wait, don't plan to do it. You know, the smoker's mentality is like, yeah, I'll quit on this day. No, if you plan to do something on a certain day, you're not going to do it. So, yeah, I do agree with that train of thought. So, that's good. But, yeah, def, whatever those little goals you set are, make sure you stick with them. That's very key. Yeah, but V, one thing you said, there's no big change. You're moving to Montreal. <laughs> like, I love this guy says, oh, there's no big changes happening in my life. And I'm like, uh, I swear you're moving to Montreal in two months. So, uh, that's well, a pretty yeah. big change. No, that's a pretty, it's actually uh, work-related. Glad you bring that up. I'm actually, so as they alluded to, one of the uh, physicians they're friends with, I'm just finishing up residency in uh, obstetrics and gynecology here in Toronto. Sorry, what? In uh, obstetrics and gynecology. Obstetrics and gynecology. All I know, I don't know how to say that. I can say OBGYN. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is my friend. He's an OBGYN. <laughs> and uh, I've actually, I know I've had a lot, a lot of talk with George about this as well when we were traveling that I'm actually specializing in like oncology. So in like cancer of the female genital tract, essentially. Yeah. So I'm moving to Montreal for additional training there for a couple of years, actually, out at McGill. So That's why? crazy. Yeah. Why? Tell us, tell us why. How, how did you? Let's That's start exactly. from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, why? Yeah, I've still never asked this story, which I think it's a great thing to have him on to talk about this because neither of us, I don't know why you got into medicine. I don't know. When you told me you were going to oncology, I was like, huh? What, we, first of all, what does that mean? We were at the Raptor <laughs> game the other day and I was like, so what, do you, what are you studying for? Wait, I mean, you know what? Don't tell me. Just <laughs> Save it for Thursday. the pod. <laughs> Save it for the pod. So uh, yeah, V, take it away, buddy. Yeah. Uh, well, how did you get it? How did you get into medicine? Like, why did you want to get into medicine? I guess you could kind of say just like every good little brown boy growing up. <laughs> We want to become one of three things, right? <laughs> it's either a doctor, an engineer, or a lawyer. That's so oh, funny. Okay, um, we get into stereotypes later. <laughs> truthfully, I like I don't know where my passion for medicine originally started. It's hard for like I can't like it's hard for me to think thirty years ago mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know once I made the decision to be go into medicine, that I was always someone who knew I was going to be something more surgical. Like I was always something with I planned with my hands. I did more stuff with my hands. It's just the way my mindset worked. Um, and in terms of like getting into OBGYN is like, if you asked me 10 years ago, there was no chance I was getting into yeah. it myself really. Um, but like just while going through med school and going through all the training, like I realized and I really asked myself, it's like, where can I see myself helping the most people possible Damn. and actually helping people in the way I want to help them. And when I say the way I want to help them, I mean like in, ter- in terms of improving their quality of life and how they can get through the the process and the journey of a disease to yeah. get like to the end, so to say. And it's not just that, it's also their family members and everyone else involved. Uh, and then I found out like I recent, like I realized in med school that I definitely did enjoy the surgical principles and all the surgery. Surgical you side. did or didn't? I did. did I definitely did. did. Okay. So I went along, uh, continued down that road and then it, um, it wasn't, it was probably in residency in OBG and where I really realized that, Oncology is where I could make the most difference, in my opinion. Yeah. Obviously, people make a difference in every specialty they go into, every specialty. Just personally, I knew I felt the most attached to the oncology specialties. Uh, it just like going through, like I still remember the, one of the first patients I ever saw in clinic, and uh, like I remember seeing them after an operation, and I was like, obviously, it's a big emotional moment. I'm like, yeah, how, sure. what, like what's gonna happen? And like you walk into the room, and their first. <laughs> reaction from the family members the patient the partner it's all like just gratitude and thankful because of how much you're able to impact their quality and their journey through a a disease and helping them through the whole process yeah yeah and that really did speak to me that's awesome that's very commendable like and again like not something i would have expected you to go into when i first met you like very commendable especially moving from like obgyn into like being an oncologist because 
I remember when we were traveling, I had no idea. I knew you were an OBGYN. And then you told me you're going to oncology and you said, I'll, I'll share my, like the research paper I was doing with you. And you send it to me. I mean, I didn't understand half of it, <laughs> but it was really cool. And you sent me, you did, I think you did a little podcast or like an yeah, interview. Yeah. There's a little podcast. Just uh, it was like a small paper on ovarian cancer, just like a review of the literature and kind yeah, of yeah. like the diagnostic criteria behind it all. Um, and it was selected for a podcast. So unfortunately you guys are not my Damn. podcast. <laughs> hoping to take your virginity. <laughs> That's awesome though, man. Uh, like, I gotta ask you too. Going back to the OBGYN thing, what was it like the first time you were in a room, like either you personally delivering a baby or being, I guess, with a doctor? Part of like, yeah. What, yeah. What is that? What's that like? So it's like it's honestly one of those things that's hard to put into words. It's like when you ask a a police officer, tell us like a crazy story from work. Like, yeah. It's not being desensitized. It's that it's just normal for the person and they just don't want to imagine going forward. So it's hard to really comment specifically on like a cool story or like, yeah, how did it make me feel unique? It was more just, I enjoyed being a part of the process. I still remember a couple of my first deliveries. You enjoy helping the patient again uh, through birth, through the whole experience. It's a, as you've all known with nieces, nephews, yeah, et cetera, yeah. that it's a, it's a joyous moment. Um, and it's really just being able to be there to help them through it and the gratitude and the, a joy that they experience with you that helps you go through it. And honestly, like at first when you're in medical school, you think it's difficult because, you know, like being a male and the specialty, it's yeah. like a, uh, there's a lot of females in it. It's like, are you going to be like on, almost like a bad stereotype that they're going to try yeah. to avoid typecasted? Like they prefer yeah. to have a woman or something. Yeah. But like once you become the actual physician, as opposed to the, the like the trainee or the learner, yeah. it's different. They understand you're there for their health and you're yeah. there to help them through the process at the end of the day, what matters is the birth of the child and the health of the mother. Yeah, the safety. So yeah, and, and like that often overweighs any predilections they come in with or any biases they come in with. Is it still very female-dominated like in terms of a medicine practice? Is it like is it even? What's the what's split? The thing in medicine is there always swings. It's always go, it always swings to one direction or the other. Right now, I'd say the majority of practicing uh, gynecologists, especially in the ages from like 30 to 50, are the yeah. majority female. Uh, residents majority female and medical students applying are majority female, but yeah, you can really. see a change in the last about five years. Like in our med school class is about 12 to 15 people every year. It's two, three males a year. Um, other years there was like zero to one. So, it's, so it's sorry, of your class, you said 12 to 15. Is that specifically that go into the same field or that's how many or in your re like residency? Or what's that number? Yeah, so medical school across Canada is much larger. Just that every residency program has a different amount of people they can take on to train. And sorry, you're going to government. McGill, right? For the yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, That's for the residency. So I'm currently in a part of residency here. So the way I best the way I explain it best, it's kind of like if you look at lawyers, like they go from law school to articling to uh, associate, then eventually a partner. Okay. I think that's the right. Yeah, I yeah. Quote I me so, yeah. I'm seems, leave, suits, seems suits, accurate. Yeah, suits, <laughs> suits throw that out for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, as long as I Ricky's agreeable, it. I'm sure it's a <laughs> proper quote. I'll, I'll, I'll pull one out later on in the pod. Uh, um, but so yeah. similar to that where residency is kind of like you're, you're graduate as a physician. Now you're training to become a specialist. So now next year when I'm going to McGill, it'll be for a fellowship, which is like specialty training within gynecology. Same, similar to saying like a resident, but the next level. And that, do you have to go ahead? Sorry, sorry. I was going to say that's a two year program and is it half school, half practice? How does it work? Well, the majority of what I do right now, it's all just like in hospital training. Yeah. And then there's an educational and academic point of it where you got to continue it on your own. 
uh, kind of learn around cases, learn what you're doing in the future and study for an exam in the end. And there's obviously research involved as well. So it's mainly hospital based okay. um, and training based, but there are, it's not like assignments. It's more like you need to be like doing real stuff. world. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. And yeah. as the fellowship is that you have to do as a next step for every OBGYN or because you want to be like an obstacle, What's the sorry? I don't know either. Oncologist. What did I say? I was just an oncologist. Is Uh, it that's what the fellowship is for? Everyone's got to do a fellowship. No, no. So you don't have to. You can go from residency to practicing as a staff at a hospital or at a clinic, or you can do specialty training where you're like becoming a super specialized in a little tiny niche. Yeah. So, for example, either cancer, or it could be infertility, or it could be other areas like uh, uro like urogynecology. It could be uh, there's many different specialties you can go into. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it depends what you want to do, really. At, and sorry to rewind a bit. What age did you decide? Because you said 30 years, like 30 years ago. <laughs> I'm like, uh, pretty sure V was born Carry like the 30 one. years ago. I'm like, okay, this is a, you didn't pop out of the womb thinking I'm going to be a doctor. So, what age did you know, you know what, I want to help people, I want to be a doctor? You only had three choices, apparently, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, why'd you choose doctor? Tell us. Uh, I think it, well, I think I know it was in grade, it was like nearing the end of grade 12 where you had to make a decision of where to go to for undergrad. And, uh, I was between oddly enough going into either, uh, medical sciences, like going to Western to do like an undergrad that'll help me become a doctor or it was going into a computer science engineering degree. <laughs> He's like, I had the marks to do either. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I ended up enjoying, like, I, I, like, I, a lot, lot of conversations with my brother and sister, and eventually I realized that I'd be much happier in uh, something in medicine than I would be. And what do your brother and sister do? I was just gonna ask. Yeah. Uh, my brother is a so- civil, like, sorry, a consulting and a software engineer. I thought he was gonna say civil <laughs> engineer. <laughs> well, he's an engineer, but he's a yeah, software. Engineer. Okay, so we got my two, dad, two my, for two. My What's dad's it? actually a civil engineer. <laughs> sister's a lawyer. Sister's uh, a lawyer. No, she's an optometrist. Uh, uh, close, doctor. almost a trifecta. Yeah. yeah. Your parents must be so proud. <laughs> Cause you uh, man, look. Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can I ask what the toughest part of the job is on a daily basis? Like, is like, so like, it's not something where, you know, for me and him business where you're kind of in sales, essentially a lot of businesses are sales. Yeah. You got to deal sales with clients. Operation. Oh, I'm operations, yeah. but yeah. But a lot of times you deal with the clients. Too, oh so yeah. Yeah. Sales kind of acts, but so I think it's, it, 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 sorry. No, I was just, I was going to say like, since you're not really facing clients, you're facing patients. It's a little, yeah. I technically, I guess, are the same, but it's a little Similar, different, yeah, right? But different. Yeah. I am glad you said patients that are clients. There, well, yeah, though, it's definitely. Sure. Um, honestly, it varies day to day. There's always different difficult, uh, difficult decisions to be made. Uh, it, it depends on what I'm doing on the day. So, for like obstetrics, there's difficult decision making. Sorry, what's obstetrics is like the baby when you're doing okay, baby's gotcha. app or the labor and delivery part. Like that becomes more difficult, more from like decision making processes, and uh, it just becomes a little more like more of a mental, like when do you make the decision you want to make? Uh, other times when you're in the like operating, it's the difficult decisions are when you get into trouble, really. It's like, yeah. the, like the, the routine operations, we all have been trained very well at trying to do them. It's just like when you run into a few th- like kinks, then it's like, oh no, what do I do now? Yeah, yeah. That is stressful. But I think if there's one thing that is the overarching theme, it's really like this whole thing about uh, resident burnout and wellness. It's like when you're working the hours you do, and you're trying at the end of the day, it's all altruistic. It's all you're trying to help. But then at like 3 a.m. you get that patient who's upset for other reasons. And like it's hard sometimes mentally yeah. to remember at all times of the night what is going on. And again, that kind of relates back to one of the main reasons I've enjoyed listening to this podcast so much. The whole mental health perspective of it 
and the overarching yeah. theme of it's been happening so far like it actually plays a lot of it plays a lot into uh me- medical field and residents as well and staff one thing I was going to say too, V, like I, I mean, I've known you for quite a long time now and you know, whether it's, you're coming the beers out, beers are cracking. Man. I like <laughs> this. Boys, get, shout out storyteller. No, but for as long as I've known you, whether you'd pull like a, like a long shift and come out for like a lunch with us or you, you know, after your shift, you come out for drinks or whatever it is, traveling, anything like you seem to function very well in little sleep, but not only that, like comparing myself to you when I have no sleep, I'm like the moodiest person. I'll snap on anybody. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's gotta be, that's honestly, I never thought about that. It's gotta be a really tough part because you always got to realize you're dealing with a patient. You're dealing with someone who's in a, you know, a very sensitive situation that you really got to be like mentally sharp. doesn't matter if you've been working, I guess, 12 hours, six hours, four, you got to treat everyone the same. So I never thought that that's a tough thing to deal with. Like when you actually, yeah, any mistake could be life threatening at this point. Like, me and you make me and George make a mistake at our job. It's it's not the end of the world most of the times. Like if you make a mistake, be like, that potentially could be the end of yeah. you know a baby's yeah. life or something, right? Well, that's a, it's on, yes and no. So it depends when like it depends on the situation. Obviously, that's yeah. when it's more stressful. You obviously it becomes more stressful because you don't want to make a mistake and you yeah. know the outcome you of the mistake. Right? But like to kind of get back to what George is supposed to be asking there, it's really like you got to take a step back at times and ask yourself, why are you here and what are you doing? Yeah. And like take a deep breath before, like if you're ever, like you feel like any type of anger coming in or a uh, frustration coming, you really got to ask yourself no matter what time of night it is or what time, what, how busy you've been is why are you here? Like at the end of the day, we're here to help people. Um, we're here to make sure you guys, uh, whoever comes in the hospital is treated well uh, and they can leave the hospital as soon as possible in a healthy fashion. Yeah. And then you, you tell yourself that and you remind yourself that uh, and it helps a lot. It helps you get through any of the frustrating moments, at least at work. Yeah. So sometimes it's a little harder when you're like, with your friends yeah, and that comes up. Cool. <laughs> you, sorry, go ahead, I'm just going to ask on that last point. Are you... Were you like that and do you find that most doctors are like that from the day they start or is it something that just becomes conditioned into you like after all your residency, all your time, you're like, you it's just ingrained in you or is it from the beginning, You everyone in medical school, you know why you're there, you know your purpose and it just from the start, the get-go, you're like that, that mindset. In an ideal world, it would be like that in everyone from the start, yeah. especially people in medicine. Uh, unfortunately, no matter who you are, when it starts, um, the residency and staff and being a, a, a physician is grueling. There are times that get hard. And everyone, we're all human. So it is one of those things that you do have to often either <laughs> remind yourself or you have friends that are close enough to you that recognize these Keep signs. you in check. Yeah, they keep you in check because outside of the work, you start to get a little more grumpy. Like I, like you were mentioning, no matter what, when I come see you guys, it's like, it's all fun and games. But like when I go see my sister or brother or my mom and I'm in a, like, I'm in a bad mood, mood yeah. Yeah. they know I'm being moody. Yeah. <laughs> So they could they recognize it and they'll call me out on it. It's usually my sister. She calls me out almost my bullshit. Oh, I can attest to that. I can (laughs) attest to that. Like talking about work life balance, like being a doctor, you have there's the work aspect is tough, grueling, and you want to keep your social life and you want to you know maintain friendships because at the end of the day, that's also part of life, right? You can't just be all work no play. But I find that you do a pretty good job of it. Do you find that? you're really, really good at it and, or better than a lot of your other doctors or should give us some insight on that because I worked, I could never work, you know, 14 hour days or 14 hour shifts like you, like doctors do. Right. So 
So I'll answer it more just from my own personal point of view because I don't want to get in trouble by the listeners here. Hey, we got listeners now. Um, honestly, I think so. My big thing is like, again, as you guys were mentioning with the whole thing about staying human and staying happy and making sure you understand why you're in it. A big part of me and a big part of who I am and who I define myself as is how my friends and family think of me. And it's not just like, yes, everyone says blood's important, but family is not like friends can be blood as well. Yeah. In my opinion. So it's like, really, it's if you don't see them enough and you don't have vices and other areas where you can let out either you can let loose or like be more free or keep sanity in your life that way. I think you're more likely to become more like one of those physicians who's going to be upset at work yeah. and not as happy with work. Because for me, it's like if I'm working a 12 hour shift, I can go home and sleep for eight hours and come back. I am going to be happier from a mental health point of view and a wellness point of view. If I spent two hours and slept six hours instead and spent that two hours with friends or, or doing watching, something you love. Yeah, yeah. Or like going yeah. to the gym or watching basketball Anything that makes me happy. Yeah, Going hobby. golfing for like six hours, but so, <laughs> sleeping Oh, too. we got to get out this year. So like, the key is you got to be able to give up something. Like, am I going to be happier if I sleep 40 hours a week? Or am I going to be happier if I sleep 30 hours and have some, like, yeah. have a vice? Yeah, have that, yeah. that balance. Yeah. You need to have that. I find that now more our age, uh, people are more more focused on, and I don't know about the medical field, but in just in general, the vibe you get is people are more concerned with their work-life balance. Right? Everyone wants to have a great career and, and, and do great things in their field, but I feel like more people our age want to focus on having that balance where they can travel, where they can get out of the get out of work, go to the gym, see friends after work, where it's not like, I can say, speak for my, like my dad used to put in like, 20 hour days it seemed like he would drop us out of school yeah. get to work all day to provide for us more but he said that was always his mentality from from a young age i feel like i feel like it's changing more it's people shifting, want that think, balance because yeah. it keeps you like you said keeps you that sanity it doesn't burden you as much and make you feel like all you're doing is working all hours of the day so i mean it seems like a trend i mean obviously well yeah. i think even uh is it one of the Scandinavian countries, Finland, Norway, Sweden? They switched to are there? <laughs> here it is. Here it is. Well, Let's see no, the stat, Rick. It's not a stat. It. Whoa! But they're discussing switching to a four-day work week. Ooh. Yeah. It's, you know who's um, doing that too? Shake Shack. Really? Is it, <laughs> yeah. is it a thing? Well, I, I think Google I, switched to it. Really? So yeah, yeah it is a, productivity because they're saying is that, it Copen? Is Denmark? Denmark. It's one, of, it's one of those Scandinavian countries. I think, believe Denmark has the highest quality of living. They also pay crazy taxes. Oh my god, it was expensive yeah. when we were crazy there. expensive over there. Great, great place though. <laughs> Don't regret it. For yeah, a second. not a second. Yeah, but they uh, they're trying that because they say that more young people are interested in working four days, obviously, but the the work life balance and the social and the mental aspect, yeah. they can work harder, they get more done. I, I don't know. You I, can still it, work it, remotely to that fourth yeah. day, like. Like, I think it, it's like, the stats will come out in a couple sure. of years, and but actually, I just, it, right? I just, <laughs> and then you know, <laughs> I'm gonna, Ricky gonna wait you know I'm going to hit him. We got to start posting his stats because, like, I, I'm Guys. sure we can't look this up. But it's funny you said that because I actually just read an article yesterday that Shake Shack is experimenting with it. They're doing a Shake Shack's Sweet. doing a few things to improve. Uh, That's impressive. Yeah, so I think yeah. they're going to do a four day work week, and I think they're offering benefits to their people now. Anyways, oh, I love Shake Shack, number one fan. <laughs> Shake Shack, if you're listening to this, Georgie, we hit us with a sponsor. I've tried. Honestly, we know you love Shake Shack, my boy. Guys, listen. If anybody knows me, I will take. Hold on, I'll take this to the. To the I'll dispute this with anybody. Shake Shack is the best burger in the world, and In and Out does not hold a candle to it. So I don't care. How these people go to the I, West I Coast, it. take I'm a, a picture of their of their In and Outs. In and Out is so overrated. Shake Shack best burger. That is a fact. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm spiking it up here. <laughs> no, oh, I, agree that's a, I, I, I agree. That's a passion to hot take, man. I'm telling you, Shake Shack's the best burger. But I got one thing I will bit. add as well is though, like, you guys keep mentioning, yeah, since I'm a physician, it's like it's it's hard no matter what you do. Like, yeah. If no, you if you work a nine to five job, if you work a nine to nine job, regardless, you're work putting for yourself all of too, it. Yeah. There's all like it's not I, my my theory in life is that you get to an age where it's not about being more stressful or less stressful. You just rearrange the stress in your life. Yeah. And I, yeah, I agree. Like it's the same thing. Like it's I, a great take. And I think that's like another key to remember. Like everyone goes through this. It's not just physicians. It's for not sure. just people who work like a trade workers, not people who are CEOs. Everyone goes through this in their own way. Yeah. Um, and it's important. No, I, I agree with you, Vian. It's about finding the time to and placing things like the things you value, you'll find time for. You'll deal with the stresses. I mean, one of the reasons we keep going back to why we started this podcast, like me and Rick said, as we get older, like we're best pals, but it's so much harder to find time to see each other. Man, even me and you, I honestly, I, I'll see you for like two weeks while we travel. Then I won't see you for a month. Then I'll we'll play a couple rounds of golf. Then I won't see you for three months. And like now we are, but you still want like my best buds. Man, we can, we can talk about anything. I see you. It's like I never, like it's, you know, kind of hit it off from where we were. So, yeah, just making sure you balance everything and finding things you value and putting them in those yeah. places, right? I think that's one of those hard, one of the hardest things for people to do. It's like the old mentality of out of sight, out of mind doesn't exist anymore. And that's the best point. Like, Ricky, I hadn't seen him in like four months. In the last two months, I think I've seen him too much. Like literally, I, I literally two, three times yeah. a week now. You guys hang out a lot. <laughs> we, we were talking about this the other day. I I don't know what we were doing. I must, I saw you post like food on Instagram. I'm like, wow, thanks for my invite. He's like, I'm seeing you tomorrow. I didn't think you want to hang out again. I was like, man, I could have cooked you beef patties and chicken wings. Okay, hold on. I, listen, I like be embracing this FOMO stuff I'm doing. I'm on the couch a lot looking at Instagram. So I see you guys having a silly goose time at the brunch. Going to the Raptors <laughs> he game. Invi- he was invited to brunch. Oh, wait. He was invited to the Raptor game before Ricky. Oh, my man. It's okay. <laughs> you know, uh, no, but, and you know what? I, I if I had busy on Tuesday, so I didn't go, was on my couch watching TV. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys about that because you guys were there. What was that like? Because they did the, I saw they put like the highlight of the 81 yeah. when it went up for Kobe because he scored 81 in Toronto, against Toronto. I don't know if it was in Toronto. No, but was what that, was that no, like? It was, it was in was, LA. Yeah. So we got there. We, we got there pretty early. It was Vince Carter's second last game, <sighs> scheduled game in Toronto. So it could be the last. A hot take. They're going to trade for Vince Carter. He's going <laughs> to retire a Raptor. Masai's got in his back pocket. That's why I didn't do it. Go ahead. Well, we were even talking. Like, VC put up 12 points, I think. Like, still dunking Coming off dudes. the bench, right? The guy's still got still got some some juice in him. But we got there a little early, so we sat down, and it was right before the game, and it was honestly a touching moment. And I think the best part was the 81, because we were watching the game. We're like, look at each other. Like, why is it purple? Like that. Yeah. And they had technical difficulties all game. Like, I think what do you the mean? first... Yeah. So, so for the record, Ricky's saying when the when Lana scored eighty one points, the the score on the scoreboard turned purple, purple. while so, it's usually white or red. Yeah. When the game started, there was no music when either team had the ball. Usually it's like you know one of those generic background songs. Dun, dun. On defense it's that and then on offense it's one of those other kind of generic songs. I don't know why I just did that. Yeah, but Fired so up. the first first maybe what, six possessions, seven possessions, there was nothing. Yeah. So we knew they had some technical yeah. difficulties and then 81 comes, goes purple. We kind of looked at each other like, oh man, Kobe, yeah. like, chills. Yeah. It was a, yeah, it was, it was a big moment, actually. I'm glad they did what they did with the tribute at the beginning. And yeah. obviously it's a huge moment in many people's life, but Crazy. like, it's like not just Kobe. It's like you lose a kid, you lose all other all families, the other too. you lose, yeah, Guys, it's, it's wait, a big situation. That was Sunday. It happened after we were quit. You got goosebumps, Rick. Yeah. I, I just saw look over it. I was like, whoa, like, man. Like just talking about when it. When you guys wrote on Sunday, I remember I was literally on my couch binging succession. I was like sitting there and I, I opened my- Great show, by the way. Great. Sh- I just finished the first season. Honestly, great. I, I love it. Um, 
<clears throat> but yeah, I opened my phone and I, was, I think I was on Twitter or Instagram and I saw it. Oh no, I was on Instagram and I saw it and it said TMZ. So I was like, oh, this is not, this can't be real. <laughs> it's one of those things like those hoaxes, right? But man. Once you I, found out it was real. I, yeah, like well, I, we, it did, I don't even think at first, even the first day I saw it, it like really, really hit me like it did. But then the next day I'm like, wow, like Kobe, like he's gone. Yeah, like, it didn't what? register till Tuesday. For That's for, yeah, Tuesday for me it was Monday. When we were at the game well, together, we were at, we were yeah. at brunch on our whole table. And we all kind of got the notification within the same couple minutes, and we're like, "Hey, it can't be real." And I'm like, "Wait a second, TMZ could get sued a lot of money for reporting a fake death like Kobe." Oh my, yeah, right, like for sure. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, "Wait a second, if TMZ like it's a multi-million, maybe almost billion-dollar like media company, yeah. if they reported it, it's got to be real." So we all just kind of looked around. We're like, "Holy shit!" Like. This is Kobe we're yeah. talking about. There this is like isn't... a lull in the room for like yeah. 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And then like we were yeah. having a good time. So how does the, you know, I don't know if the TMZ gets that right away. Like, how did they? Like, I don't know. I think it's uh, crazy that you don't let like the families, like the family I think found out from TMZ. Yeah. Come or, on. Somebody's family found out from TMZ. Like one of the passengers who passed found out from TMZ. Like, Come on. That's, that's awful in my opinion. Like if, if one of my loved ones passed, I would want to know. From like police or like I a, didn't know. Uh, I didn't even think about that. I just well, gave you me like, about, like imagine shit. imagine you're reading Twitter and you're scrolling. You're like, wait a second, you know my brother just passed. That's like, crazy. What the, what the f? Like yeah. it's it's hard. I think the other thing is there's no right way of finding out either of to course. say there's a wrong way, but like it's yeah, still true. crazy. I to me honestly just like it's so it obviously it's sad regards. That guy's a legend. It will go down as one of the greatest of all time, but like your daughter that's just so sad that yeah. kids there man like they're just even kobe i thought about this like 41 he if you think about it lived probably half his life half his life yeah well, yeah that's that's crazy so <gasps> he just look how much he did in 41 years of his life it's insane to think yeah. about what he could have done never mind like anyways like, well, like i read freaks an, me out talking yeah, about it it freaks me out a lot. i read an interesting quote today it's like he was able to accomplish a lot and do everything in his life except see his daughters grow up and it's like, that's when it's like, oh, like, it, it really, yeah, you get yeah, goosebumps man. just thinking about that. You know, one thing that actually, uh, that I think made me realize something like, uh, what really happened and re- really hit me deeper was when I saw the thing about Shaq, when he was sitting co- on the court with the guys from TNT talking about how, you know, he didn't get to see Kobe. The last time he saw him was like, uh, his last game or something. It's like over a year or something ago. And Shaq's a well, it's well known that he's a very, like done very well at post basketball with his business being on TNT. Like as a DJ, the guy works, I think seven days a week. But what he said is like, you know, you wish you can go back and tell him all these things that you wanted to joke about later. And, yeah. and like all those moments you wish you realized that you should have said something then and you didn't. Like to me, that really like hit home because you really don't. It's so cliche, but you really don't realize yeah. what you have. Those gone. That's yeah. I can't even imagine. That's like, yeah. And even uh, I saw I don't watch Ellen, but a lot of people were posting Ellen's kind of not tribute, but her little speech that she gave. And man, that hit in the feels like big time. I don't like, think I saw it. She said she was basically like, you don't need to wait for someone's birthday to tell them you love them. Like every day yeah. should be your birthday. Tell the people you love that you love them. Tell them people that matter. You love them. So to every, to my people, I love listening. I love you oh, big time, man. man. It's yeah. That was tough. Man. Like, yeah. What a day. That was tough. Well, Sunday was definitely a day for us. <laughs> for me and B, for sure. Uh, oh, man. For the record, Good. we did call George. He said no. Yeah, no. I, guys, I told you, new year, new me, man. New Year's like, resolution. Yeah, I've been working out, eating good. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> Sunday, the, the Sunday, boxing plug's going to come Sunday, in Sunday, I ate. You haven't boxed this week. I, I skipped boxing today because of this, because you guys threw me for a loop at this six, whatever time we're recording this. Yeah, like, we got to put a vote on this to find out who's right. 
No, you because- were definitely right, but you're supposed to send... Okay. <laughs> One principle that we both vehemently agree on is like the, the value of keeping a calendar. Agreed. Okay. So we have we have this. Okay. I'm going to explain this and I want people to, we're going to put a, post a vote for this because I feel like you messed up this one up. Anyway, so we agree that you should keep a calendar. So if we have our podcast recording every Thursday, 8 p.m., it's in there and the invite, like it's a standing date. It's actually then, every Friday though. Whatever day it is, it's at 8 yeah. p.m., whatever. <laughs> so it's there. You message me saying, hey, 6 p.m., uh, do you want to record the one with Vishal 6 p.m. on Thursday? I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. I, don't, I wasn't paying attention, but I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I agreed to it, but if you're going to propose the new time, then is it not your responsibility to send a new update? But we didn't have it. I didn't have a calendar thing in my calendar. I had, one was in mind. You were on it. Art, art, I'm not giving out your email. I the can't. best part oh, of yeah. this is. I almost accidentally did that. I realized that this guy's going to get his inbox flooded. The best part is <laughs> Ricky's defense for this is that he doesn't have his calendar yeah, synced well, even. It's not my problem. I, I didn't have my Gmail. G- no, because we always said it to my work email. And then you sent this one to my Gmail. I didn't notice it until after. But I said, I'm like, we talked. I'm like, which I think, one? Uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I think communication Ooh. trumps Ooh. calendars. Ooh, communication is a big That's value. a good vote right there. No, no, no. I but think communication on. trumps but calendars. No, because... We communicated a time twice. It was confirmed. in the thread. It was in the thread. It was in the thread, too. But whatever. It's okay. He's, he's you know right. What? We don't need to argue about this. <laughs> yeah. here. We're doing it. We're Me having Georgie, a good time. New year. No more arguing. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we can debate over Send, sports. I'm doing a Vishal no. goal. January 30th. No <laughs> arguing over stupid stuff. That's it. Add it to the list. No, We're going to put man. Eli Manning debate on the, on the hot take soon. Ooh. We discussed that with DB. I, well, V, what do you think? Uh, well, yeah, I, I hit him with it because he's a big football fan. I hit him with Eli it. Manning, Hall of Famer, yes or no? No. Damn. Okay. Wait, what did you what, say? What's again? his record? 250, 250, and 117, 117. But honestly, take away a catch that shouldn't have counted and take away another bullshit call from the other one. He should, like, even but if he had one Super Bowl. But if the queen didn't, if the king didn't have balls, he'd be the queen. <laughs> That I am What's that old saying? I think that's accurate. Are you over for like? Is that one for nine? Man, I think I'm now. <laughs> I think no, he's my, my Rome one was bad. The Rome one was Rome you wasn't two, built in, two weeks in a row. <laughs> Somebody, someone sent that to us. That was hilarious. <laughs> Someone's like, quote, cat, uh, air quotes. Rome wasn't built in a night. Great job, no, some, though, boys. Someone sent me a quote. I think Dobson. Shout out Dobson. Sent me one of those quotes. Oh, posted yeah, on did. one of our pictures. The actual. That. You know what? Since we're on the topic of football. Kind of deviated from the main topic, but since we're on it, as an Eagles fan, what was that like to, to have your team win the Super Bowl a couple of years ago? Two years ago? Honestly, yeah. I had a pretty good run of a couple of years between the Raptors winning this year. That was my next and question. The Eagles winning uh, a couple of years ago. The it was still surreal. The worst part is, is that I don't know if many people know this, but I had tickets to that game, the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl, back in week thirteen. And Wentz goes down post ACL tear. <laughs> sold them. Shut up. Because I'm like, there's no way we're making Super Bowl with, with Nick Foles. Well, and then fans, you know what? Tannehill almost took us to the Super Bowl. I know, but... Ryan Tannehill. No way you could have gone to that Super yeah. Bowl. But either way, I am happy that I... I, I was fine with it. I watched it at home with a few friends. I watched it actually with a Patriots fan who had to oh, wear, yeah? wear, wear an Eagles jersey for a picture, Damn, which was tough. good. I don't want to rub this in. So a buddy of ours, a frat brother of ours, shout out to Scott. He went with a, another frat brother of ours. Uh jr so they went down to the game together because when the eagles made it jr is always down there so he's like scott come down you got it eagles made it so they went to the game 
and I think it was on the on the Laguerre Blunt touchdown or one of them. Yeah, threw the ball on the expect the ball. Scott caught it, and he's an oh, Eagles wow. fan, so he has a football from, from the, the Super Bowl, Bowl of his team winning. Wow, I'm jealous. That's like man, watching your team win there is insane enough. Getting a football from the Super yeah, Bowl, that's crazy. He could probably sell that for decent money. Like yeah, oh, for sure. you know, you, sure. game used ball oh, spiked in that spiked. touchdown. Especially if you can prove that was that moment, right? But it's but, the memories, like we were saying, oh, living yeah. in the moment. I'd rather have that at 100%. home than an extra few bucks. In <laughs> no, that ball. I yeah. would never, never. But sell V, it. you also went to Kobe's championship game too. Didn't? I was or two what? of them or something. Uh, back in uh, in Orlando, actually. I teed me up that friend, story nice. Yeah, me and my friend Gerpal, who's like one of the <laughs> Good job, co-host. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I was saving that one. Wait, wait. Okay, pause for a second. I just yelled into the mic. Um, you went to Kobe's finals? Yeah. Let's hear it. Okay, yeah. So hit us. That's it crazy. His, I had no idea. It was the one against Orlando. Me and my friend Gurpal went, who's like the biggest Kobe fan I know of. Convincing. I was actually not going to go because I was going to miss my undergrad graduation. And he's like, you're an idiot. We're going to go to the game instead. I'm like, okay. When I'm shocked four, your parents let you skip that. Gate, I am too. Like, the most expensive upset. ceremony oh of God. our lives. Um, I was there for game four and five against Orlando that year. Who? Was that when Dwight Howard was on Orlando? Yeah, it was when Dwight Howard was on Orlando. When, uh, and Derek McGrady, no? Ma- no? No, no, no. Uh, Who's that team? It was, How did uh, they Richard make? Lewis. Richard Lewis, yeah. Wait. That's, that went, I don't can't remember that. I just remember I, Dwight Howard. Yeah. That's yeah. all I remember. That was, uh, I think Jameer Nelson was the starting point guard for the time. Damn, Honestly, unreal experience. But I will say this: regular season game, uh, regular season game at Scotiabank Center, more expensive than the finals in Orlando. Really? Yes. Come on. Isn't it Scotiabank Arena? Oh, it's Air Scotiabank? Canada Center to Scotiabank me. Scotiabank Arena. Scotiabank, oh, was yeah, Air yeah. Canada Center? Wait, what did you think it was? He said, he said center. I said. Center. I think oh. center's in Ottawa or something. Yeah. Scotiabank Center is yeah. in Ottawa. I think so. Or, or I Edmonton. Don't know. One of them. Yeah. One of those. I There's too know. many Scotiabanks. Okay. So your two teams won. You had a Super Bowl win. And an NBA Finals yeah. championship victory. Shout out the Raps. Greatest team of all time. Which one was more <laughs> memorable for you so this and is, why? This is gonna this is one of those questions where it's like hard to answer. But in the, the day, you cannot – you have to pick the team that's your home team. Yeah, of course. Like the Toronto victory, I still remember. Well, I was at – so as you know, everyone here, like we're all – like we've been going to a lot of playoff games. We're season ticket holders. We went to a lot of playoffs when we've been upset for many, many years. Oh, remember the Washingtons? Uh, oh, Washington and oh, Brooklyn? Oh, I hated those teams so much. Paul Pierce? Ooh. We were um, – I think we were all at game five. You guys were at game five too, right? Against oh, the Golden finals? Oh, the finals yeah, never going to – oh, yeah, when I thought they were going to win that, and clinch it. That was, were we there together? Me and you? No, I think I was with John actually, and you were with Yanni. I was I? I can't remember. I don't remember who I was with, but yes, yes. Yeah. And like that moment when, when they were about we to were win about it on home court, it, oh. it was. I think Freddie missed the, the shot f- to win it. No, uh, Lowry missed it in Lowry the corner. It looks like it got blocked, but whatever. But oh like, yeah, that's the one that, that yeah. Draymond Durant, jumped right. Yeah, Durant yeah. went down yeah. in the first quarter. No, because they yeah. no. Yeah, Durant yeah. Durant got injured first. Like, oh, that is the one because we said because we said if they said if he didn't score, then do whatever. Yeah, because he had like ten points in six minutes or something ridiculous. No, honestly, that was like, it was unreal, but it's hard to take away, like being the home city, being the hometown. I was actually in Halifax for game six for a work conference, actually, when it went down. It was honestly, I don't like, I blacked out <laughs> three hours of my life, not, and I was and not because of alcohol or anything, just literally just because of excitement. Yeah. And it was like, at first I was worried. I'm like, I'm not going to be in Toronto. Like I'm not going to be experienced. There was a Jurassic Park in Halifax. Yeah, they were to, everywhere. Like, yeah, they- every <laughs> province had one. It was unreal. And then we actually ended up buying a last minute return flight early to get back here for the, for parade. the parade. And that parade was absolutely insane. It no one nuts. will ever forget Marc Gasol 
at oh, that parade. Catching, catching beers? I, I got to I gotta, actually, that's a good thing you just brought up. So um, one of our one of our employees actually got to ride on the float with Marcus Soul. And this oh, guy's a pretty oh, wow. big dude. He said it was like with the best day of his life. He goes, Marcus Soul's like hugging everyone, catching Man. like bottles of rose. Well, he was like chugging a whole bottle of rose oh, in the corner. My God. Dude, Dude, he had guy. the summer oh, of a yeah. lifetime, oh, I think. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. He won the FIBA World Championships with Spain. Well, first two parades. Yeah, first, yeah. first the, the championship with the Raps, and then he FIBA. won FIBA. Right? Like, but that's sick too because his brother, because he's the one. Well, no, Mark's the younger brother. Yeah. Pal's yeah, older, Pal's older. But Pal has two championships going back with Kobe, yeah. which is like, you know, and he probably had a couple of FIBA championships too. But Marcus Soul, honestly, love that guy. Since we got yeah. him, such yeah. a just like a great teammate. First game back from the injury rat this year, Fun guy dude. made made a rain threes too. Yeah, man, like five percent. You know, or something who knows? Like maybe that. we'll have another parade this year. It's you, still on, too early to look, tell. Honestly, they are like a seven game win streak. Their team in that win streak. I think it's first, eight or nine now. No, maybe well, from that beat, game. If they beat eight. Cleveland tonight, it's gonna be nine. I think. What yeah. time is it? Well, maybe we'll put the game on after. Um, but they're first in like offense during that stretch. Dude, this team is like, I doubted them. I still think they'll finish like four or five, but they're honestly incredible. They're one piece away. But on that note, one thing that irked me more than anything that, that I'm still not over when it came to the NBA Finals, when we won, the biggest discussion point or the biggest topic yeah. of all like sports outlets was that if Durant didn't get hurt and Clay didn't get hurt, we don't win. But Nobody, nobody exactly came to the defense of the Raptors and said, oh, but if Kyrie and Kevin Love didn't get hurt, then Golden State doesn't win because they were hurt that year. Golden State won. The year, the next year they came back, Golden State lost. So yeah, I don't know what the term is. The like, you know, when you the, say if A beats B, standard, but B yeah, beats C, yeah. yeah. So Just by, it, that, yeah. by that point, that means that why did Golden State not get discredited for that championship? That honestly drove me nuts. I would watch like Sports Center. Even Mike Wilbon, who's a big, big Toronto fan on PTI, even he didn't say it. I was like, man, I was kind of pissed. Because like, Someone okay, yeah, if injuries happen, but the one thing that's a guarantee in sports is injuries. It's the only thing guaranteed in sports. There's always going to be an injury and like, it's a bad balance, and yeah, I honestly think we lose that game if Clay doesn't get hurt. But yeah, but doesn't matter. I, I like I said, we're the champians, if and the we have that ball. She'd be the king. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> if the queen My had balls, she'd be the king. That's what it is. I we I don't even know anymore with you, Rick. <laughs> I don't know which one's made up and which one's real. Rick's just hitting us with crazy outtakes. I, oh. I think that is a quote though. Rick's getting a lot better. I think if, I feel yes. like he's at work. What's yeah. a what's a good I'm quote? Googling give it. me a funny quote. You open my Safari hey, history on my phone. <laughs> Hey Siri, give me a nice, nice quote for the podcast tonight. But you know what? Actually, one thing that irked me about the parade, and I think it was like that whole championship run was probably one of the most memorable moments or months of my life. And then you get to the parade, and the parade was so amazing. Beautiful weather. the The route was pretty well executed, in in my opinion. Oh yeah. And then you get. You know, a couple idiots well, at the well, front. Sorry, well executed, but like it was chaos. Yeah, it was yeah, chaos. It was chaos. The, the, numerous, the route path was yeah, nice. The numerous, like, you, the city's not built for parades and, you know, millions of people to show up. I can't remember how many people it was, but it was definitely, what, two million, a million, half a million? I think it was something more. like that, yeah. So, I something it was ridiculous. I thought it was three. Insane. I yeah. thought it was three, I thought but it was like I, three. I could be off. I thought it was Me? three. I, I don't know. Three is just like half the population don't of the worry, GTA, Ricky's right? that. <laughs> we'll get it. Hit us but, with it. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is it's like we had that, uh, I think there was some incident at the end of it. That yeah, kind of ruined, someone. You know, and yeah. there's no need for that, especially yeah. when there's little kids around. And this is probably one of the most memorable moments in Toronto history, at least for this 
That's the most memorable <laughs> the since what, 92? Yeah, probably since the Jays won. This Hands one was probably down. bigger. Hands oh, 100% down. bigger. You know, and Dude, the fact that you have stuff like that happening, it's like, come on, Toronto, we're better than that. It's bigger just let alone because of, like, you never had social media back then. You The, yeah. the athletes yeah. weren't as, like, connected to the fans, yeah. especially yeah. basketball. That's why I, I think it's been such a, like, a, a proliferation is the wrong word, but, like, such a growth in that sport. Because back in the day, like, people didn't watch basketball. But it's be- they really jumped on the whole, like, uh, social media aspect of it. And be- they've, they they seem very close. Because you also sit, like, the court is so close. The players get so close. It just, you feel so connected to the to the teams, well, right? And, and also, it's, like, a very multicultural sure. sport. For like, sure. Pretty much so every, far global. Like, mind yeah. you, I think maybe soccer is the only more global oh, yeah. sport than but basketball. But then basketball, for sure. I think it's, it's a close second, though, right? For sure. Dude, it's anybody can play basketball. Exactly. Any, every country. I honestly, yeah. I think that's... In, my opinion, the biggest event in Toronto, the second sports wise would probably be Batista. That was a crazy game, but, oh, that game was insane. but nothing like it. Um, I actually had a question for Vishal. Since you're going out to Montreal soon, are you? What are you gonna miss most about Toronto? Oh, Raps oh, games? You gonna miss? Is it like a? Yeah. What so, are you gonna miss the most? I'm gonna go a little corny here and say miss all the friends and family oh. I have back here. <laughs> the hanging out. You know what it, it is? The, girl, the girls listening right now are like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God, he's a doctor. He's gonna miss his friends. And he's and, single. And he's single. <laughs> Hit him up, ladies. So is George. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not a doctor. I got, I'm a janitor. <laughs> I got nothing going for me. He's got some what? great hair, though. Uh, hey, buddy, right back at you. <laughs> a couple of hair aficionados over here. And That's Ricky. what we're going to talk about now. Hey, we oh, need a hair I actually, plug. I had one. I want, we need a hair plug in this. No, I actually, sorry. I want you to finish your point. Of, you said you're going to miss the pals, but I had a point about hair that I want to talk about. Do you, <laughs> not hair, I'm talking about, sorry. <laughs> what I was going to ask you, as, as a fellow dude with long hair, do you ever, have you ever thought about donating your hair to cancer, like to, I guess, cancer or cancer? Yeah. I've done. Be, I've thought about it before. I I think you need six inches, is it, or four inches? And it's like so you were saying it, the the amount you needed, you would actually have to grow your hair longer than it is right now. For yeah. us, or shave it. No. So <sighs> when I was thought. when I was in grade twelve, before I went to Western, I had like great flow, and I called. <laughs> I had long. great it was flow, like shoulder length. According to who, long. Richard? Everybody. Oh, my he mom. Pulled out the rich Actually, hair. He did have my nice, mom. did have nice so hair. So I called. I can't remember who I called, but I said, "Hey, look, I want to donate my hair." And they said, "How long is it?" I'm like, "Oh, it's about eight eight inches." They said, "Okay, put it in a ponytail, cut the ponytail, and send yeah. it in." So you need six minimum, I think, six inches of like ponytailed hair. Yeah, it can't be the roots. It so has, yeah, you yeah. can't shave. Really? It. Yeah, yeah, you, you have can't to, shave your head. Well, if you do, you have to shave it into like you have to have ponytails set up and then shave so you can donate the ponytail. Damn. I could be wrong, but that's what they told me when I, I called. I've heard something similar before. Yeah, and you can't have any, yeah. it, you can't be dyed or can't be any, any chemicals. Yeah. This hair's natural. I don't even blow dry this thing. It just dries naturally. I ain't got no split ends. George comes out of the shower like a wet dog. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's honestly, I, get out of a pool. But I've thought about cutting it lately, but I really want, my mom made the suggestion. She's like, why don't you consider donating it? And I thought like whenever I you know, decided to cut it off, but then you told me that thing about, I didn't know you knew that. Maybe I could be wrong. No, I think it's, I've heard that too. I think it's like four or six inches of actual like ponytail hair, not like to the roots. You know yeah. who knows this? You know, Siri. Google. Well, while you look that up, actually, that's another question. Um, when you're like delivering a baby or whatever you do, yeah. do you have to put your hair in a ponytail or braids or what, like, well, we what you got going on? Well, we always wear scrub caps, right? Okay. Or cover our hair <laughs> and it's usually in a ponytail or it's up. So it's like, it's all about sterility and yeah, cleanliness yeah. and make sure there's no heresy. And I was like, shave yeah. pretty low. That's what's funny. Um, Before we said about like the stereotype, whatever. Like I always joke that you know, 
nothing is it. I know I'm sure you're a fantastic doctor, but I always said if I saw you come in to like deliver my future, I'd be like, what? This guy? Like, what, are you kidding me? But no, honestly, man, that's well. Actually, I did want to talk about stereotypes in the workplace because Ooh. you know, like you think you know, there's a lot of Jewish doctors, a lot of brown doctors. What like do you face people that you know they see you like oh just stereotypical you know brown doctor. Is that something that you face or is it like in a bad way or in yeah a... okay like I'm in construction and that ter- stereotypical comment is oh you're Italian you're obviously in construction and okay I fit the picture here I'm Italian I'm in construction but there's so many other people in every industry that's not kind of like a stereotypical answer but do you face it in like a negative way positive like stereotypes aren't really positive but so I, again I think like in general my mindset on th- things like this it's like you shouldn't pay much attention to people who don't matter in your life as much like if one of you guys were saying something critiquing me it'd be different but in passing if someone says oh you're brown and you're a doctor i'm like okay i'll walk away yeah yeah, yeah. it's not not worth it in terms of stereotypes at work it's like it's more just like it's like an invasive situation where it's like very personal like you know what if they if they say i prefer a female i get it i completely understand i respect it to the best of my ability but if if at the end of the day i'm yeah. the one there and there's like an emergency they understand so yeah. like it's a it's a it's a give and take type of thing like you try to balance what they want with what is needed for the for the health of, of course do you on that point do you ever face any um like any kind of questionable looks or, or resistance from the fathers of uh, of the future child, or the, I guess the husbands of the wife? Like, do they ever look at you like, this guy's delivering my baby or, you know, anything like that you ever encountered? Yeah, all, all the time. It's like, if it's not, it's usually not stereotyped just from the patients, usually also from their partner, from who their group of uh, caregivers are, who they are. It's usually like a group look. It's not just like one person will stand out. But you, honestly, you just, take it take it professionally and just explain to them your role yeah, in the situation and as long as they understand that you're there for the health of both their partner their child their loved one they're, yeah. they're very understandable for the most part and who, that's usually good enough sorry i didn't mean to cut you off i was gonna ask like who is typically the 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 spouse or partner or family where that like freaks out the most or gets the most worked up is it like the husband the mother the partner the father the the, the like woman? in general just like sure. yeah for them like on average who's the one who kind of gets either worked up or is like not good under the, the whole stress of the situation well uh, uh, definitely if you're father. allowed to answer that well definitely the father is <laughs> like if anyone's gonna pass out it's gonna be the father it's not gonna be the so it's like, not gonna yeah. be the wake mother up, wake up. it's not gonna be the grandmother it's yeah. gonna be the father of the freaking out he's freaking out who thinks he can handle it all and then passes out. Well, it's like that episode of The Office with Jim <laughs> when they're about to have the baby. It's like, okay, Pam, it's every seven minutes. And he's sitting there reading the books. Five to seven minutes. Six minutes. I just watched that episode. Six minutes. Not exactly five to seven, but the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> the best one of that is when, when Dwight pretends to give birth. <laughs> to the watermelon. I'm crowning. <laughs> ah, and he's mimicking it too. I That episode's oh, hilarious. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, uh, but to get back to your yeah, earlier yeah. question about moving to McGill and Montreal and what I'm going to miss about Toronto, I know I said the cheesy answer, but honestly, like, there's a lot I'm going to actually miss. Yeah. Obviously, like, long I was walks saying, on the lake shore. <laughs> well, you stole the words right <laughs> out of my mouth, Richard. <laughs> wow, Richard, eh? Yeah, yeah, with that. Um, well, no, it's like it's uh, missing the friends and the family, like the ones that you can just sit on the couch on a Sunday and watch football with, and sit there quietly, but feel like you're just you're hanging out with each other. Yeah, yeah, of course. And obviously, Toronto, like 
missing Leafs games, missing Raptors games, missing TFC games, missing the restaurants. Here. I was just gonna say this, the, the like, downtown scene's great, but Montreal does have a better restaurant. I was just oh yeah, say, yeah. Well, because it's a lot of European food out there, yeah, right? Yeah, it's like it's it's one thing that's comparable, I'd say. Obviously, the weather's gonna be a little worse. Yeah, a little colder. Um, I'm gonna have to find some new golf courses. Well, when are you well. go? You leave what in a. Uh, mid June to end June. Like oh, I start okay. July 1st, so, so yeah, at least you're not going right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to your point, the like, the I've only been to Montreal a couple of times, and like, I've gone out there a bit, had a couple of restaurants. So I don't know, not well versed in the city at all. But for you, like, do you feel like you're gonna adjust okay? <laughs> I mean, you you familiar with the city at all? Uh, minimally. Um, there obviously are days I wake up and I'm like scared shitless. I'm like, oh shit, like I'm a 32 year old moving to Montreal where I don't speak fluent French at all. Yeah, yeah. Like, what am I gonna do? But then, like, I speak to people and they're like, if there's someone who's gonna be okay with it, like, I think I'd be, like, I'm pretty sure I'll be okay with it just with the personality we all have. For sure. You of and, all people, yeah. man, you make friends, travel, you make friends with everybody. And like, that's the other thing. Like, if you asked me six years ago, I'd be, there's no Terrified. way in hell I'm traveling alone. Yeah. But in the last five years, I enjoy traveling alone and almost prefer. That's like our buddy Kia. Whenever we'd get an attack, <laughs> like we're traveling Europe. Kills me. We get in a taxi and shout out Kia. He's a realtor in Toronto. But we get in a taxi and he'd be like, hola, como esta? We're like, bro, you don't speak Spanish. No, he had a saying he kept <laughs> yeah. using that didn't mean anything. So we'd be on the airplane and like we're hungover coming off like a 12 hour Copenhagen trip. We get on the airplane. George got the window. He's out cold. I get, I put my bag on my lap, sleep on my bag. Kia's in the in the aisle seat. Looks over. Hey, how's it going? Where, where are you from? We're like, oh, here we go. I felt we felt we both fell asleep. We had like a three hour flight somewhere. We fell asleep. Woke up. He's still talking. Having, having a drink with the person in the aisle beside him. I gotta give him credit, man. That's to me. That's hard it's, to do when you're tired. Like on, we can all attest to this. But when you're tired on the flight, you just want to like shut out and someone's talking to you. You know, like the right thing to do is just to be friendly. But when I'm like, and I put my headphones on in that seat, that little personal space, like. Don't please don't bother me. Yeah. Key is the opposite. Everyone bothered me. Everyone talked like, good for him, man. That's honestly a great attribute to have to be no, able to like, yeah. you know. And it's hard. Funny. You really have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations to be able to get like that. Yeah. And five years ago, I would not be able yeah, to do yeah. that. But just traveling alone now, I think like, it'd be okay. Like you just kind of make it work. You're, you obviously have your yeah. friends you talk to back here that will come visit. I'll be so busy with work anyways. Yeah, yeah. I, like the little bit of time off I have, I'm sure I could find something. And you're only do. there for what? Two? You said two years? Two years. Two years. So we'll a good amount of time. Right? After that. Yeah, it's decent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then after that, you'd like just maybe you stay there. Like, is it typical to stay at the same hospital as residency or do you look for another opportunity? It all depends on job market and where people are hiring and yeah. what your goals it's are. It's got to be tough point. to find a job yeah. when you're a special specialist like that, eh? For sure. Well, that gets... <laughs> is that sarcastic? Yeah, yeah obviously. Like, but actually, guys a super smart... Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my bad. Damn. Ricky, do some research next <laughs> time, okay? <laughs> I thought it'd be pretty easy. I'm like, He's got oh, his notebook Super out. smart doctor. Like, this is with a specialty in oncology, right? Like, No, that's... Yeah. But so... So back to what you were saying. So either you could stay there or you look and see maybe like yeah, it's kind anywhere of across Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to stay in Canada just with the healthcare system. Yeah, yeah. And like I have other reasons from like an ethical point of view and other reasons that I want to stay in Canada. Yeah. Obviously, my family's in Toronto. My friends are in Toronto. Pals. Uh, obviously. Oh, yeah. All my pals are here. <laughs> uh, I got to nice figure plug. out what's, yeah, got to figure out what's available at the time. Yeah. Really. Ideally, come back to Toronto, but open to see what's up. To so then two years, then you, you become like a, f are you, wait, I didn't even ask for it. You have like your doctor. Yeah. yeah. Now. So then after the two years, Dr. your fellowship's Lee. done, what then you become yeah. a. It's like extra letters. What's the word again? Obstetrician? Uh, uh, oncology. Oncology. My yeah. God. I got to. Yeah. That one I know. That one I know. I just. So then you're an oncologist one. once that two years is done. 
Yeah. So then you're just looking for like a staff job is what they call it. So it's okay. almost like in law, in law, like when you're the partner of the firm. Yeah. And then are you doing like mostly doing surgeries? Are you doing research? Like what's the next step? What then what does the day to day become like when you land that, when you land your position? It all depends on, again, everything depends on where you end up uh, working, what hospital in terms of OR time, clinic time. But usually in a week you'll do a little, a few, uh, you'll do a, like a couple of days in the OR, a couple of days in the clinic, and then a couple of days to yourself where you're like you're kind of just doing research and uh, nice. academic related things. That's awesome, man. And then like, are you still going to continue to keep doing these like the research papers you're doing now? Is that part of it? Is that more like you do that for your own knowledge or? No, it's all about so uh, medicine in general is a very academic and research focused field. Like the only way to make uh, changes in the future and to improve our healthcare system is this research. So it's like an ongoing thing that you're doing throughout your whole career to kind of better the specialty and better treatments yeah. for future uh, generations and for future healthcare. Of course. The, I, I don't remember if it was you that said it to me. Um, isn't ovarian cancer is one of the more underfunded? Is, did, I, did you tell me that or was I mis, misrepresenting something you said? No, I, I, don't, I don't remember telling you Okay, that. so <laughs> scratch that from the, uh, from the clip. One thing I did want to ask is, I know charities and a lot of these associations and organizations put in a lot of money into cancer research. You know, there's all these major events all over Canada. What role do they play? Because I might be wrong, but don't they fund more than the actual like government funds? Like there's not a lot of government funding for cancer research. It's mostly from donations. It's, kind of, it's, it's a combination of things. At the end of the day, there's like the, there's government funding. There's what we call grants and bursaries. It's like through academic funding. And uh, depending on who you're involved with, there is obviously charitable donations as well to help forward research. Some research is more expensive than others. Depends yeah, on obviously. what you're doing. Like if you're doing research with uh, clinical trials, it's more expensive. If you're doing research more like answering a question through like research literature and stuff like that, it's a little different. Uh, so it all depends. Again, the day. Everything you've been asking today, it all depends is my yeah. answer. Yeah. It's well, almost like the programmed answer I've had as a physician for any question now. Yeah, but they say it's like, um, I'll, I'll use an example, Road Hockey to Conquer Cancer. That's like a major yeah. funding event for, yeah, for cancer. And I think yeah, a lot Prince of the money Margaret. goes to Princess Margaret, yeah. which is, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's one of the biggest cancer treatment centers in Canada. So I th so in those situations, a lot of the charitable donations, when they're strictly involved with the hospital, will go to like funding of better improvements within the hospital, like new technology we need, new floors that need to be made, new like uh, research centers, but you still do often have to find additional funding to run the research projects as well. It's all variable. It depends on what niche you're looking at, what question you're looking at, um, but there's multiple contributors to when it comes to funding them. Uh, on that note, uh, Princess Margaret Foundation, yeah, they do a lot of different causes. It's not like throw out on cancer. I mean, I just here's, the, here's that, that here's the boxing episode of boxing plug. The, the boxing. The, the fight, uh, fight to fight, cancer. Fight to end cancer. Yeah. She's like, can you remember the name of it? That's uh, does Princess Margaret Foundation. Like we played some golf tournaments somewhere. They all donate to it. I mean, honestly, it's great. But to your point, you said it's very hard to answer because like, I guess everything goes dispersed to different specializations, yeah, yeah. different fields. Like there's, a, I don't even know how many sectors of cancer research and cancer study there are. There's got to be. I mean, for all parts of the body, I guess, but it's gotta be, it's gotta be <laughs> yeah. a lot of them. So yeah. Anyways, that's, uh, I wanted to ask you, do you ever, so TV dramas portray doctors as, you know, like <laughs> we got McSteamy over here and, or Mc, what's it? McDreamy? McDreamy. I, never both. I think there's both. Is there, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I never watched Grey's Anatomy, but George is like, yeah, he's uh, 37 years old. <laughs> <laughs> no, but how does that portrayal like affect 
you know, you're, does it affect you? Does it, do people say, oh, you're a doctor? You know, is it like ER or is it like, uh, what's the other one? Grey's Anatomy. George Clooney, baby. That one I know. (laughs) Well, it affects you to the point where it's often one of the first questions people ask. I was just going to think that. Like so-and-so on the show, on so-and-so on on this. They're not very accurate. They're obviously Hollywood dramas at the end of the day. Um, Some of them will randomly try to be a little more... Uh, academic or more real, but in the end of the day, it's a TV drama. Like, well, I, do I watch them every now and then? I might watch an episode like Grey's Anatomy. I used to watch a lot. Well, how ER accurate was- is it? Because you know, you've got in the, in the TV shows, you got like a little kid that comes in and they diagnose it. Then, uh, what's that show? House. Then the doctor comes in. No, it's actually this because X, Y, and Z. And they're like, oh. <laughs> so how that, that probably never happens <laughs> in real life. I wish you had some video because your reaction was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Hands up. <laughs> this the whole, crowd goes yeah. nuts. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, I wouldn't. I don't think any of the. I can't think of any of the shows on TV right now that I particularly would say are accurate. Uh, ER was close, I guess, but I didn't watch it that much. I just heard it was close to accurate. Uh, House is complete opposite, and it's all magical. Drama, (laughs) dramatized, drama, yeah, dramatized, dramatized. Um, but like things like when you're saying like uh, in Grey's Anatomy, when someone comes in sick, like if a kid comes in sick. You're not going to have the whole hospital there. You're going to have the pediatric or the kid doctor there, and that's it. <laughs> not all 12 friends who are nowhere close to each other. In it's the, the least busy hospital in the world yeah. where every doctor can go around <laughs> every patient and diagnose yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, there's so many like office romances in these shows. Yeah. On that, on that topic of like hospitals, is there one in Toronto that stands like above the rest in terms of cancer research, cancer care, all that stuff? They're all, again, it's all variable. Like, depending where you go obviously toronto general it's a smart s- answer by the way just in case they uh they google who when you're looking for jobs <laughs> yeah, you can't on. play favorites can't play favorites <laughs> it's all about being politically correct man right? yeah, man well, smart like keeping it. his options open i like it um but obviously it, it comes down to like the size of the hospital like this primary secondary tertiary care centers sunnybrook toronto general prince market are the three big ones that are local like close to us credit valleys becoming really big but they all have various um levels of funding and levels of ability to for cancer research uh they're pretty equal obviously different ones specialize a little differently in other different things like toronto general has a bigger cardiac center than some of the other places but it all comes down to the funding they get uh and what their niche wants to be like i would never be a toronto western because that's like there's no gynecology there it's, Toronto Western is the one on Bathurst. That's one on Bathurst. That's more like uh, ortho, yeah. and medicine, yeah, yeah. And more that related. Uh, but it all like again, they all try to somewhat work together, but not really. Like there's a network between some of them, and the other ones are completely separate. Oh, really? Yeah, like Toronto Western, Toronto General, Toronto East, and Sinai are part of a network. So oh, that's interesting. Like, I didn't know that. Each of them specialize a little more in everything, but they all specialize in everything. The network being like they share information on the same system to share resources or just... Just a part of the same university health network that oh. kind of incorporates them all. It's At the end of the day, probably because back to like some business model. That was done back then. <laughs> it always does. Uh, but yeah, there wouldn't be like one... Like there's obviously centers that are specific and more specialized in cancer, like Princess Margaret Cancer Center. Uh, but again, it's like it's all variable, extremely. Yeah. What's your like your dream job, your dream position? You you get to choose anything in the wow. world. What are you doing? Um, like what hospital? What position? What's title? Honestly, I like I, it'd be hard for me to name a hospital. It'd be more. I like, like that again. You, you, you can't <laughs> set him up like that, buddy. He's, 
dude, but he's sharp, man. Yeah, he is honest on. Honest questions, and this guy's oh, uh, not playing favorites. Do not set him like up with that, man. You both ruin this guy's career before it starts. <laughs> no, I'm trying, I'm trying to help him. Push him in the right... Gonna, we're going to get that hospital listening to the podcast. <laughs> Ricky's trying to get me to say something here. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, it's honestly... I, what I ra- The way I look at it, it's more like, what do I want to accomplish in life, and what do I, what, what can get me there? So it's like, it's a hospital. Give me the re- like uh, Provide me research funding for me to do the studies I want to do. Give me enough operative time, or there is available operative time that I can be operating a couple of days a week and have the ability to see as many patients as needed. So it's like in a perfect world, it would be all the hospitals would offer that. But unfortunately, it depends on where the, where the positions are available or where time is available. And the additional thing is, how close is it to the golf course I want to be a part oh, of? Oh, that's a good one. Very important. Factor. No, but like you said, you want to do a little bit of research, a little bit yeah. of operating, a little, what was the third one you said? Uh, seen patients, seen patients so you right? can't so, operate on patients unless you see them in yeah. clinic first and kind of have a um, like a like a practice that way. Is that a standard? Like a doctor can go and do that job, or it's like a third, a third, a third, or is it? You well, know, you have to either research or you have to operate. Is so generally speaking, people will uh, some people will be more research focused, and others will be more clinical focused. So that's like more seen patients and others. You almost all will see patients in clinic, operate on the patients you've seen in clinic. So that's a must. You always have to do some sort of research depending on what hospital you're a part of. Um, some hospitals, some some staff want to do more research than others, and that's there's it's allowed. There's obviously another hat you wear where you're like kind of more an academic, where you're teaching the um, the residents and med students. That's another option where medical education comes in. Uh, and again, it depends. Like within a group of people, as long as everything's covered. It's, it's it good. doesn't matter, yeah. Because some people might have more focus on <coughs> one type of research than another type of research yeah. than another type of research than like education. So it's like as long as everything is covered between them, the, um, the, everything works well. Is it similar like any other job where it's seniority based? So if you let's say you end up, you know, I'm not going to name a hospital. I'm not going <laughs> to put you in that hole. But if you end up at a hospital and is like you first go in, do you get to pick what you want to do, whether it's more research papers or more academic, like the teaching stuff, or is it whatever there's a hole that needs to be filled, you have to start there? So it's kind of what's available because if you say work at hospital X and they have, when they hire you, they know you have a certain amount of ORs for a whole month for your specialty, they will see how many openings they have and those are the ORs you kind of get. Okay. So obviously people who have more seniority there are going to have a bigger patient list. So they're going to have more ORs than someone who's new who needs to see, start seeing patients and start booking surgeries. Yeah. Or it could be one where you guys kind of all share patients and you kind of share which ORs you're doing. Um, but it comes down to what the hospitals uh, can, the, the hospitals are able to do. Like what their business model is, I guess, or what their well, the the scheduling day, yeah, is. At the end of the day, we're in a public funded system where Monday to Friday, elective or booked ORs are from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. in general. So that's only a certain amount of spots for a certain uh-huh. amount of ORs. And there's... Sorry, what's an OR? I was going to ask the, I was gonna ask the same thing. But I was <laughs> like, wait, like, okay. we've gone too far. I'm going to sound like, stupid. Like, we're talking I... about it. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, George <laughs> hasn't asked. No. You're not looking awkward either. Oh, I'm no, like no. I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, operating room. Yeah, like, what an operating room. That's okay. what I thought. But I'm like... You know, there's got a certain amount of oh, man. I'm like, okay. I ain't oh. the only dumb one here. <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused. I was like trying to figure it out. Honestly, it comes down to a calculus problem. There's a finite amount of resources. And if there's more availability, they can hire someone new. And if they hire someone new, you kind of have to, you're, you're, you're topped out at what's available. Yeah. Does, so in terms of like the scheduling and how busy the hospitals are, 
in Canada, comparatively to the states, because we have public health care, is it naturally busier than a private hospital would be? Or like, do you have like, any like comparisons at all? Again, it's extremely variable. Okay. Uh, at the end of the day, you could say the, like, the easy answer is in the states where it's all private funded, there's less wait times because you can there's more hospitals just built by the private yeah. sector yeah. so it's, it comes down to a supply and demand yeah yeah at the end of the day so yes there are wait times here but when it comes to oncology there is diag- there's designated wait times that you're, you're, you can't really go over and okay. they're able to accommodate for the most part what do you mean you can't go over being like you can't go over the time a patient waits or you can't no no no, no. so there's like an acuity factor of if you have certain issue you have to be seen within a oh. few weeks or you have to be operated on within a few weeks by recommendation and if you start getting longer than that there there's ways they'll do so like either refer to other centers or you, they'll open extra wars yeah. something that there's there's ways that wow. there, there are checks and balances in the healthcare system um like i'm not trying to say that, like there's issues where like we have finite resources like everything yeah at the end of the day finite resources also make sure everything is the best right yeah, yeah. make sure there's a like, quality control as well yeah right so it's like it's 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 a it's a double-edged sword yeah of course one thing i did want to ask Shoot, one thing. Hey, ever <laughs> Buddy, we made it this that far. Was I'm impressed, pal. Uh, I did want to ask, where do you see the future of healthcare in Ontario oh. and Canada? Because I know there's a lot of talk a, about you know going semi-private after or kind of half private, half public. I'm going to stick with my uh, theme so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's variable. Say, well, no, you know, like it's, uh, these, uh, it's hard to say. Because a lot of people are going down to the States because of wait times, yeah. right? And uh, it's That's hard. true, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard to comment on because there's a lot of people who feel strongly both ways. Yeah, obviously. Uh, there's obviously, I will say this, I think there's a lot of benefits in a two-tier system. But I can see why a lot of people would be against it because at the every time you have benefits that are from the private sector from capitalism, you're obviously going to have uh, downsides as well. Yeah. And it's hard to prevent those downsides from creeping in and uh, devaluing, uh, devaluing our healthcare system yeah. as a whole. So that's a big issue. And if there's ways they can guarantee that the healthcare system will still be at the quality it is, that's a different situation, but it's hard to know if they can do that. Yeah. That's it. That'll be interesting to figure out if they do that, because then it, you know, well, you got to find that like fine the, balance. People, then it becomes that almost like capitalist where people start to say, okay, can I make more money here? Am I, can I see more patients here? And it's you yeah. trying to solve that model has got to be so, yeah. honestly incredibly hard for them to figure out. But it'll be like, I honestly didn't know that. I didn't hear about a potential I, I knew, uh, system. So that's when I was in high school, a friend of mine, um, her dad had MS and used to go down to the States or even Mexico for special treatment because the treatments here, it just took too long to, to be seen. So, so the, there's like there's two parts there's well there's multiple parts to that but it's hard to really know how much of that was also this could be one of those unique experimental treatments that just aren't available yeah. anywhere else that's the other factor there's so many factors that come that that come into play when someone criticizes anything in this world that you often don't understand and it's like that's why we don't take your uh, facts for face because <laughs> there's other things out. So your point about it, like experimental stuff, that could be like stem cells. I guess a lot of people go down yeah, to South America yeah. or, or Central America to do yeah. that kind of stuff. Well, stuff like even like if you look at basketball or uh, sports players ten years ago, like the protein-rich, the uh, plasma-rich protein treatments they used to do for like, oh yeah, PT, PRP, PRP, yeah. Like it was Sorry, completely what? experimental. Like they what did, is um, they they used to get like injections into their joints to help with healing for arthritis and for like injuries. Really? P- I wish the term P. PRP, pl- yeah. palleted, palleted rich plasma. Is yeah, that what it is? Yeah. Pl- I don't know what it means, but I've always seen PRP. And then I finally, one yeah. day they said what it was. Yeah. And it's almost like, like stem cells. No, yeah. similar. Like 10, 20 years ago, it was completely experimental. Now orthos are doing it for anyone with a knee. Yeah. Right. So it's like stuff like that where like 
experimental means like it's still in the research phase. Yeah. We don't know yeah. 100% the outcomes and whatnot, but there's good chances that it could work. Is stem cell re- is uh, or stem cell right? Is it in Canada or like is it legal in Canada? Because in the states it's a, it's illegal, I believe. I don't know to tell you the truth. I yeah, believe I don't know either. It's like it depends again depends yeah. uh, on the use for everything. Like uh, and I can only speak specific to my specialty, so it's hard to know if other specialties have already tried it. Yeah, I remember hearing an episode on on Joe Rogan's podcast. Like this is maybe over a year ago. Mel Gibson was on, and he said his dad is like. 80 something years old in a wheelchair had like two bad knees went down to panama got injections on both his knees and he was like running like a month later yeah, so he couldn't crazy. walk yeah i got his like hips fixed and everything but yeah it's a big thing down there yeah i guess we'll end it on that mel gibson <laughs> <laughs> might not be the best way to end it but it's all right no but i had a blast oh, this man. is uh was very funny. educational like i feel like i learned a lot Maybe that's just because my lack of knowledge in the in the medical field. I'm gonna confidently say I did learn a lot there, and I also just realized how not smart I am <laughs> knowing this medical <laughs> stuff. Well, you know smart what though? Like, if you guys went to start talking about your professions, I would have no. I wouldn't have. You ever mop the floor? The you <laughs> Done. You got. You got to figure it out. <laughs> no, but uh, no, honestly, Matt. You, no, that was. I had a lot of fun that episode. I, oh, it was. Jesus. Uh, and we, it was good that we combined a little bit of uh, work, but then we got a little social as well. Oh yeah, we got yeah. The, got the, oh. got the sports plug in there. And obviously, we know. I think uh, between us three, there's not many bigger rap fans. I think like obviously DB and some other friends, but yeah. you know, we've uh, we ride or die with them. That's it. Always. But yeah, guys, that was fun. V, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, me. you were awesome. Yeah. Well, Good uh, luck in uh, Montreal. And we'll do, you know, we'll do this again in a year and I'll let you know how uh, Montreal is going. I'll get those oh. updates. We'll do a live from Oceaga. <laughs> hey, you know what? Montreal's not that far. We can go do a guest. We can oh. do like a, what's well, not a guest set, whatever. Like a, I'm going this weekend. Uh, a destination. A wa- destination, yeah. destination set. Destination That's I'm going to Montreal this weekend. Pod. See Rufus at uh, Igloo Fest big, with big Bex. Yeah, shout out Bex. She gave us these shirts. <laughs> Got, she gave us these. I'm uh, laughing because got mad. We didn't plug the shirts. <laughs> Fits it in right at the end of this episode. <laughs> I, I forgot, but now hey, remind me. Thanks, Shout out, Bex. Thanks, Bex. Thanks, Bex. No, these are great. Honestly, we, great shirts. Honestly, they are. I'm, wearing, I'm rocking mine right now. We're gonna have some pals merch coming out soon. Dude, maybe who knows? Yeah. Be Sneak peek. Stay tuned. Yeah. The merch coming online is gonna be fire. Fire merch. <laughs> Get yeah, it while it's hot. Guys, thanks again. Uh, this was an absolute blast. Have and, a good time. Uh, signing off, pals. Thank, Thank you, pals. Thanks, pals. That's it.